When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. So this week, we're going to be releasing an episode from our Patreon vault. Not even all of it, actually. Just a a little over half, probably. And you can get the full episode of this at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. So without further ado, here we go. We're back, everyone. Behind the wall of payments. Indeed. Indeed. Dr. Fate has foreseen you being here. (laughs) Pierce Brosnan, Dr. Fate, yes. Pierce Brosnan, that silver fox himself. Oh, indeed. Indeed, yeah. We just saw the uh, the Black Adam trailer earlier today on that. So I'm just like, ah. Dr. Fate is my draw to this movie, per- personally. Nothing against Dwayne Johnson, but I'm just like, James Bond is Dr. Fate. That's pretty fucking sweet. That is cool. Um, Did you want to talk about that first, or we, it looks like we're going to do Batman Unburied first? Uh, yeah, I was just I was going to go into Batman Unburied, but uh, yeah, yeah. the Dr. Fate thing kind of, it made me think about Black Adam earlier today, so yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> we could talk briefly about it. Uh, it's, on, but... it's on my mind. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So. <laughs> okay. Your thoughts you, this is on your mind, man. You know, I was really looking forward to this, and it's like there's stuff I like in it, but I'm a little bit whelmed to underwhelmed. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, I'm with you. Maybe on that. I'm yeah. Maybe I'm whelmed because I don't. I don't know. I'm not disappointed. Oh, I'm slightly disappointed, but it's just like I like the suit. I like the rock. Okay, I like the hood a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, I like the slave story and all that. I like lightning powers, flight, magic. He'd be a good foe for Superman because of the magic weakness Superman has, you know? And, like, so I'm like that this movie exists. But this trailer, man, it's just... It's whelming. Yeah, yeah, it's whelming. I don't know why. I can't place my finger on it. It's just... Should be like a cooler action scene. I mean, I like him punching a fighter jet, but I don't know, man. Something didn't feel like enough. Yeah. Did you see the new uh, Mission Impossible trailer? No. Because it, it it's basically like that's what this should have been in some ways. Because like it has shots where I'm just like, oh shit, and you and you were telling me, you know, off the uh, offline that like it's missing an oh shit moment. Yeah, sequences and those Tom Cruise action things usually have that in the trailer as well as the movie, of course. But yeah, uh, that's that's something that jumped out into me. It's just like we're kind of miss we're missing that oh shit moment. There's not really anything that really sticks to you. The closest, I mean, you you said the fighter jet for you for me is like it's maybe him tossing the guy up in the air from. But like we've kind of seen <laughs> that, you know. It's yeah, it's it's whelming as you said. I think if this was released in 2008. We would be like, oh, this is the shit. DC is like DC's part of the problem now. Yeah. yeah, but now we're just like, uh, post all right. No way home and post, you know, Dark Knight or whatever. Like post 
all the really good ones, it's like, it seems okay. It doesn't seem as bad as Venom or Morbius (laughs) (laughs) or the first Suicide Squad. And to be honest with you, dude, because I like Black Adam, I think I would even watch this over James Gunn's Suicide Squad Squad. Yeah, again. It depends on how bad or good this will be. Mm-hmm. Um, or and and birds of prey, like they they were fine, but they're just not like I like this. I like Black Adam. I like this kind of uh antihero, I guess. Um, you know what I mean? I I don't know. Yeah, I've I mean I've read probably more Shazam comics than Black Adam. Um, but I don't know. I just think he's cool. It's a good villain for Shazam, and uh. I get the feeling, and maybe I'm overly hopeful. I totally realize this, but I feel like my gut tells me it was just a bad trailer. That's a possibility. Like with Morbius, like well, I was kind of tricked with Morbius too, but maybe I'm overly hopeful. Morbius but maybe I just the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of the opposite. I don't know. Like maybe I'm just I just have rose tinted glasses on, but I I feel like. I feel like maybe let's see that trailer too. Yeah, let's. The jury's still out. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's. I think I was more honestly more excited about it when it was first announced. I don't know, like twenty years ago, compared to like now. <laughs> it was announced. The Rock has been talking about it since like two thousand and seven, dude. Yeah. And it's a passion project for him. He was a producer on this. It looks like. You know, not that I mean a lot of rock movies are kind of forgettable, honestly. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it you know hopefully like since he's so into it that would that'll help increase the quality. Like the tone is kind of good. Like it's it's you know a little bit comedic, but it's not quite Marvel funny. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Which I kind of appreciate. So I I think it kind of has that going for it. Like the Rock does kind of always have a sense of humor. So um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess we'll see. I mean, we'll see, be yeah. cool to see some like evil Palpatine shit with the with the lightning. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, we got a he's little gonna, bit in the trailer. Yeah, because he's gonna use that for a different purpose than Shazam. Exactly, man. And we got the, you know, he has a hood with with those powers. So it's I don't know. I, I it's a good it's a good look, man. You know, like evil druids show up on metal covers a lot, and like I really oh, I always love that. that yeah, I love that imagery. So it, it's kind of like seems like that a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm still kind of hopeful, but you know, looking at everything yesterday, and I was kind of like hyped, and then it dropped, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I've met <laughs> I've met Aldous Hodge before. He's such a nice dude, mm-hmm. really nice guy. That that his helmet, his Hawkman helmet, looks pretty cool. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. I guess Hawkman's just not my favorite. Like, I think out of all of them, after Black Adam, it's Doctor Fate for me as oh, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like the like kind of a cult shit and all that, kind of thrown in like Doctor Strange with Doctor Fate. So yeah, I think that kind of stuff is is fun, and and they're kind of getting into their kind of dark universe more and more. 
um, well, if they ever have a universe. But they're also going to have the JSA, <laughs> right? The JSA is not always in the past, right? Forgive me, internet, but I'm I'm learning. I learned. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not. And I think a majority of the JSA associations, partially because of Star Girl, I think, and, and yeah. a lot of classic comics make it feel like they're just like in the 40s, but they're not. And so, like it, it was. It took some adjustment for me to see it, but I'm like, well, it makes sense. It's set in modern day, so it's not really going to be that retro. Yeah, which I I like. I. For some reason, I, I I want my heroes in the present most of the time. Like for Captain America one, I like it in the past, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah I, I'm glad they're here. Reason. Yeah, yeah, like it has the, to have a good reason. It, yeah. it fits Captain America one to be in World War Two for obvious reasons. You know, X Men First Class. You know, Cuban Missile Crisis. You can't do that now. Like all that type of stuff. And it's oh, prequel. Yeah. It makes sense. But I'm just like Captain Marvel. Eh, did it have to be the '90s? Not really, man. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But, um, you know, I mean, it'll probably be fine, man. It it'll won't be. be yeah. It won't be Morbius, probably, I hope. DC can't afford another uh, Suicide Squad 2016 type of thing. You know, <laughs> we've already just, gone through that. We're out of that. We're trying to get into better movies now. I don't think it'll be that bad. I, don't I really so don't. Like, The Rock, is he always... He's never... Honestly, even after all the crap he's been in, and none of it's been like terrible. It's just kind of been forgettable. Yeah, that's that's kind of the worst that it's going to be, I think, too. Yeah. But at least he's in the mix and he'll be set up and he's, you know, everybody's grandma will know who he is that has that has kids <laughs> that wants to go to see movies like this. You know what I mean? So he'll it will he'll... make these characters more popular. Like that's the that's the best thing I can say. Like Black Adam Nobody really gave a shit about Black Adam outside of DC people until The Rock is Black Adam. And that's going to basically make, like, look at Morbius. I mean, obviously, Morbius is now a meme type of thing, but nobody <laughs> really knew who Morbius was before this. And now he's he's a Twitter gem. Uh, I so know. There's, Morbin Time's so funny, dude. <laughs> the internet man has come yeah. come to help us again. So <laughs> with just the memes that save the world. If it, if it just basically promotes a lot of these other characters and gets people interested in these characters, then it's done its job. You've got Hawkman, you've got Doctor Fate, Adam Smasher, probably some others that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But those type of characters, they haven't really gotten to be in the spotlight, and they kind of have the opportunity to do that. It, whereas like other contexts, they might not have. Like we probably wouldn't have been looking at Adam Smasher being in a movie back in 2007. That guy was. Um... Yeah, you're right. And but like that guy was cast as He-Man for a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, like well, that would be totally different casting than than anybody like Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was cool. I mean, cool, it's mm -hmm. different, but uh he's not in the trailer at all. It's just it's just Adam Smasher, right? Yeah, you don't see him. Though I think he's in the he's in the, you know, DC 2022 is our year. Tra trailer which oh, obviously man. did not age well considering all the the delays later on but oh, uh, yeah. I, I remember seeing him briefly in that this comes out in october yeah so i okay. think this comes out in october and then shazam is after that shazam 2 is after that it would make sense if there's some sort of post credits thing in either one that ties them together that'd be cool um you know yeah let's hope it does well man i yeah. I was just so looking forward to this. And then like a movie that I was ho-hum about, No Way Home, turned out to be the best fucking one. <laughs> I know. You just never know of that. Like I didn't really, I wasn't really going to care about Top Gun Maverick. 
I was just yeah. like, yeah, like the first one, it's a classic, whatever. I saw it, bits and pieces of it as a kid. It's cool they're bringing them back, but whatever. And then like the reviews came in. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And then it, I was just like, all right, it lives up to the hype. We talked about this. So I was Dude. just like, this is this is the best movie of the year. Holy shit, this is amazing. This is how they should do a Superman movie. I loved it. Yeah, like they need to send in the eagle, Chris McQuarrie, for the yeah. for to rewrite <laughs> The not Ta-Nehisi Coates script, the other one, whatever other other one they got, mm-hmm. let get let let McQuarrie in and make a pass. Like yeah. <laughs> this guy is fucking gold. I think at this point, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I I said on Twitter earlier today, he he doesn't waste your time. Like it seems like every scene uh, is worthwhile. There's no fat. There's it, it's just like everything is necessary and um hits home like especially in in maverick my god Mm -hmm. jesus yeah like it's it's so emotionally evocative and i we talked about how like i'd love there to be a superman movie like this because there's there's funny parallels that like because at first i'm just like i want something as emotional as this and then i thought more about it i'm just like well there's actually some other instances it's it's stuff where people come for the flying action sequences it's stuff uh-huh. where like your main character is basically bulletproof. Like you're pretty sure Tom Cruise is not going to bite it in this movie. Yeah. And everybody brings up like Superman can't die. He's too powerful and stuff. But then it's just like, that's not the point. The point is, can he save everyone? What about the people he cares about? What about like the, the normal civilians and the ability to be able to, to save all of them, to bring everybody home. And that's what makes it so emotional in uh, top gun Maverick. And I'm just like, if they could do something like this in Superman, it's, it's going to be the best Superman movie movie ever. People will see like, oh, oh this totally. is why Superman is relevant. Right, right, right. Yeah, totally. And then so, he, you know, he doesn't save some people, and it's tra- tragedy, you know. And yeah, like you feel like the that. emotions. It's it's the emotional stakes to it that really brought that movie together. Like even even before you get to all that type of stuff, you just you get the feeling like this is something special. Right. Yeah, I do. I Macquarie. Uh, he, yeah, he need he needs they need to get him. Yeah, and you know Definitely. they need to. At Tom Cruise writing. needs to, uh, you know, let him let him out of his cage and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and take a pass at Man of Steel too. Well, apparently the next two Mission Impossible's are the last two, so that should free up Macquarie for a bit. Let's hope Macquarie gets freed up, man. We we yeah. need him in we need him in the WB. We need Zazlev, the new guy that's fucking calling a fucking crazy amount of shots. He's the one that shut down um, Wonder Twin, Twins and all that. Which yeah. honestly, dude. Probably a good move, man. Like, if you, and it was over budget. It was seventy was... million. Oh, really? I didn't heard about that. So it wasn't over budget. That was the budget. And dude, they're about over budget roll, for that concept. They're about to roll cameras, dude. Like, it was really close to shooting. Uh, and uh, fucking, I think it's. I think all the calls I've heard him make have seemingly have they've been good. They've been pretty good. Like he, he probably they probably will do a Wonder Twins something for HBO Max, but he wants the budget to be thirty five million or some shit like that. Which I just feel bad like for anybody low, who was but, lined up for you know a gig on that. That's the main. Yeah, thing. it's it sucks, man. But hopefully they just transition them to another. To the next thing. I mean, yeah. the fucking movie industry is full of just traveling gypsies, man. Yeah. I mean, um, not gypsies. I, I, it's not. I know it's bad in Europe, but it's not that bad of a term in America. <laughs> I know it's a slur. I need to stop saying it. I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They're traveling people. 
I don't know. Going from one production to the next. Yeah, you're all freelancers yeah. in a way for this. Yeah. So it's it's it sucks though to like have something lined up, even if you know that is part of the lifestyle. So yes, yes. I oh know. well, that, but that yeah, I, I can't say I was looking forward to it though. <laughs> the Wonder Twins thing. I'm like, uh, I guess good for them. If it was comedic and like funny and like was as funny as the Deadpool movies, but in a different way. Like, oh yeah, I just thought of yeah, I I just I just realized that that could work. Uh, yeah, after you saw yeah. it, yeah. I'd uh, want a comedic take with them. You know, I don't, and Dale, I don't want but with the Wonder Twins. Chip and Dale or something. Yeah, dude, again, this is why Disney's number one. Look how much t- time and care they took to reviving an old IP like mm-hmm. Chip and Dale. Like that IP was basically dead, and they revive it pretty much with this really good you know, who framed Roger Rabbit style movie. They knew their audience. They knew their audience so well because they knew that it was the the generation that grew up with Chip and Dale were going to be the ones who were like all over the internet, know a lot of like Disney pop culture stuff. So like they leaned into that and that was the smart move. That was the move to make. Yeah. Like, you know, they could have just made a new bullshit show that no one cared about because no one has cared about Chip and Dale for 30 years. <laughs> but they chose to not take that path and make this IP. I don't like calling it IP sometimes because it makes it so business-like. But yeah, very corporate. You know, yeah, very corporate. But like you know, they chose to make these characters relevant again and like kids to love them again or love them for the first time. You know, like it's 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 a uh, you got to give it to them, man. You know, mm-hmm. they they really do like seem seemingly give a shit. Yeah. That's they, true. They, seem they know to their really, audience. Yeah, they know their audience. They they like WB seems like they just don't know it sometimes, and that's why mm-hmm. they keep they they fail sometimes. But but uh, yeah, Disney man, they just know they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's where they are, where they're at, and uh, well, uh, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, when it comes to all this stuff. But in the meantime. Uh, we have not covered the fact that Batman dethroned Rogan on Spotify. Dude, that was an upset ago. to me. Usually sure. when I hear news of this kind of shit, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But with this, I was like, damn, dethroned Rogan? That's crazy. It is crazy, especially because like it dethroned Rogan, but it's not like I've... It's not like everybody talks about this podcast of Batman Unburied. Like, it's just like, it dethroned Rogan, and like that was kind of it, unless you like stuck it out with it because like i don't really see a lot of like the main tweets i see about it is because of the fact that uh one of the writers on it eric carrasco is actually um one of my old classmates and stuff went Mm -hmm. to school and we went to see the dark knight rises together so like we follow each other we interact on on twitter and so like that's the main reason why i see tweets about about this but weirdly enough it's it's kind of just i just didn't really see much after that first week we're just like we took down rogan i'm like jesus and then like that was kind (laughs) of it it was kind of a weirdly it, it came it was done um, in terms of like just being in more of the public eye outside of just hardcore Batman fans, so Rogan's uh, been kind of in the hot seat for a while anyway. But um, I'm sure his listens didn't go down. And plus, like his listens, man, Jesus, dude. Mm-hmm. If we could just get like <laughs> a third of that on this podcast, we wouldn't need to work anymore. Keep telling us, telling your friends about us, guys. Yeah, please. Yeah, I know, man. I'm telling you, dude. I do have a friend that is a Twitch streamer, and he be- like became like the Twitch representative. Uh, 
to go and interview people at the Jurassic World Dominion thing. Jeez. Oh, yeah, his Twitch name is Sancho West. His name is Cesar. Um, used to work with him at Melrose Mac in Burbank. <laughs> I think when he left that job, he was just like, I want to play video games for a living. And fucking look at him now, man. There we go. Amazing, We're dude. We're getting it. It just takes time. I know. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see people like actually do it, you know? Yeah, that's true. So Batman Unburied is a 10 episode uh, podcast executive produced by David Goyer. Eric Carrasco, who went to school with me, is uh, one of the, the writers on that. So uh, obviously has my endorsement <laughs> on that because we would talk mm -hmm. about Batman all the time and stuff. So um, got a great cast. We got Winston Duke as Batman and Umbaku um, himself. Yes. And Lance Reddick is Thomas, uh, Thomas Wayne. And um, shit, I forgot the name of the actress who plays Martha Wayne uh, on it. Let me look it up real quick. But you basically it's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Remember all the guys names. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this actress as much. Uh, Tokes Olagondoya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, okay. Uh, so she is uh, Martha Wayne. And it's interesting because the fact that it is, um obviously an african-american cast for the waynes and it's it definitely they're not disguising that when it comes to their the performances in it but it's also like not even mentioned in some of the dialogue so you're kind of going in picturing winston duke as bruce wayne but it's never actually mentioned that he's african-american it's never really brought up as him being any different than the batman you know and love so i think that was that was a good call on their point uh jason isaacs is alfred uh, which is great. Uh, so cool. yeah, all-star cast, Gina Rodriguez, Barbara Gordon, Emmy Raver Lampman is Bruce Wayne's kind of apprentice, uh, named Kel Hassan Minaj is the Riddler an, an nice. interesting casting sort of has like an East Asian, you know, Indian, uh, background to Riddler, which I think is an interesting take. You know, I always That's thought cool. that, that having Riddler, if you were going to change the ethnicity of any of the, um, any of the villains I'd always been interested in an Asian Riddler or Indian mm. Riddler because of just how much um, the, the it's part of our culture to like be the best or something, be the smartest and stuff. So like, it seems to fit uh, <laughs> that type of, that type of uh, character right. on that. Right, uh, right. John Reese Davies is the MVP in my opinion. Uh, he's okay. in this and he's voicing Dr. Hunter. Sam Witwer uh, is great. He's known <laughs> virally for yelling Kenobi in uh, Star Wars rebels, but um he is uh, <laughs> the Harvester. And so his character, the characters, Dr. Hunter and the Harvester, those are the characters you're introduced to, but you kind of later find out who they're supposed to be. But uh, it's obviously, it's been wrapped up. You can check it out on Spotify. Let us know in the comments if you've listened to it. But I decided because of the fact that we've had this Batman podcast that we could talk about just Batman audios uh, for this month because I kind of realized uh, some hidden treasures, some hidden gems as well of uh, batman audios stuff so uh today's will be on the batman forever audio adventure uh but uh before we get to that i do want to acknowledge that batman unburied was not the only batman podcast we've had in the past year we also had batman the audio adventures on hbo max and i was not kind to this show last year uh i said i pretty much hated it on the dc fandom <laughs> patreon but <laughs> but friend of the podcast john hefner gave it a chance because he also felt the same way. And he's like, you know what is actually pretty legit. And I'm like, all right, I've listened to the whole thing. I didn't really like it too much. So let me go back to it. And I don't know if I was in a bad mood originally, but I'm going to say it. I was wrong. I actually really <laughs> liked it the second time around. I had the Your knee jerk reaction was yeah. 
bad was was, was uh, the complete opposite. So I'm just putting out there, I, I do change my opinion about these things sometimes. I gave it another chance. I'm like, all how right. dare you, man? <laughs> Changing so, opinions from day to day. How dare you? Yes, Flip you're flop. not the Bible, <laughs> so <laughs> or whatever. I do. I do. Unchanging. Think this- the story i'm not set in stone no i'm always open to be like you know what if i'm wrong on this and so i checked it out i'm like you know what this actually is fun because i think beforehand i wasn't too crazy about the story or lack of story and i think i think the story is still kind of a mess honestly i think scenes go on for too long but it's the it's the way that the characters are portrayed that are actually pretty solid that i sort of missed out on the first time where i was just kind of like where is this going but i i sort of didn't really acknowledge how well they or how creative some of the ideas were for some of the characters. So this is me reneging on that. This is me basically saying, like, check out the Batman audio adventures if you want something completely different from Batman Unburied. Batman Unburied is very much an an R-rated crime thriller, kind of like the Matt Reeves one, you know? And Batman the audio adventures is more of like a... uh, It's it's not quite Brave and the Bold, but it's kind of closer Mm -hmm. to that tone than Batman Unburied. Ralph Garman plays the great ghost right he in does the other one in batman unburied yeah no it, it's it's great he's uh he's of course doing an adam west impression so yeah ghost voices uh adam west from btaz and it's it's great it's great i'd uh it's that's deliberately a uh a tribute of course to to adam west and the way that they portray the great ghost series is very much like the the batman 66 show that's awesome man i mean i know th- about that aspect because I listened to his podcast, The Ralph Report, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great podcast. I, I feel kind of middle-aged listening to it, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. I don't give a fuck. It's it, it's good. Uh, it's like comfort food almost. Um, and uh, if anybody's wondering, I'm one of those few motherfuckers that does not have Spotify. I mm-hmm. I'm I do Apple Music because I'm a shill for Apple. <laughs> I just like the look, man. Like, I just like Apple's interface generally. Like, I use Apple Maps. Most people that have an iPhone, I think, use Google Maps. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Apple Maps. I like the way it looks. Like, I, maybe they, maybe Apple's fucking brainwashed wow. me. But you're the only one I know on that. I think I tried using Apple Maps once. And that's about it. I, I like it. I, I like it. So, I mean, it's just. I mean, to be fair, you know, we're Google shills. It's, it's not like we're any better <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Google Maps. We're just for I'll, a different I'll, company. Apple's seemingly a little bit better with privacy, too, than Google, but that's another story. But um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of pretension surrounding Apple, but I don't know, man. I've just used it for so long, and I just like I like the interface and everything. So I used to have Spotify. I, I quit years ago because I... One reason is because at the time... Spotify did not work with Siri. So huh. I couldn't do voice command, like change this song or whatever while I'm driving. So they, I think it works with iPhone now. I would think so because of how big Spotify is. Yeah, it does now. Cause I did try another month actually, and then went back to Apple music again. But um, yeah, that was the first time that I was like, I ah, may, you know, I really, when you drive and I had a longer commute at the time too. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys that I use voice. I use voice control. I like some people never use Siri. I use Siri a lot. I like having an assistant. I like it setting alarms for me, all kinds of shit. Don't know why I'm going on this fucking tangent, but anyway, that's why I don't have Spotify. Well, your personal Alfred. 
Yeah, I like, dude. Honestly, yeah. Like, hey, remind me to do this. Remind me to do that. This is closer to Jarvis, but yeah, closer to Jarvis maybe. But uh, yeah, it's like I have an assistant, which I enjoy, and I don't have to type, and I can do it while I drive. Mm-hmm. One thing that is annoying though that Apple needs to fix, and I've been trying to get them to fix, is the fucking. If you have like your podcast app up, which is just called Podcasts, mm-hmm. you can't say, "Hey." Siri, play this music for me. It won't like switch between apps. It won't go from podcasts to Apple Music, which drives me fucking crazy. Because when you launch Apple Music, it's a different app entirely. Oh, it's a different app. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, when I, the last time I had an iPhone, it was all part of the same thing. So that threw me for a oh. bit because I think it was just all part of iTunes. You're just like, you could go to podcast or you could go to, to your music. I didn't, I forgot that they've changed it up. So it's like Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. Yes, they're separate apps, which does make uh, sense, honestly. But um, yeah, kind of, I guess. But oh, you like it all on Spotify? I, I, like, I, it I all, like it. I like it all in one, where it's just like I can switch back and forth if need be. I don't, I guess I don't really care. I think it's because of the fact that it used to be part of one. Yeah. That like I can see how it's annoying. If you're trying to switch back and forth, like what you just described, with Siri, yeah, it won't fucking do it. Um, Jeez. I mean, it still won't, dude. It's I, I posted on like the iPhone, Reddit, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I haven't listened yes. to him. I, I guess I could listen to the one on HBO Max, but I. Well, you yeah. had a bad review at first, also, so I just yeah. never got around to it, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm changing my tune. The only problem is that it's HBO Max exclusive, so you kind of have to have the HBO Max, like you kind of have to have it downloaded from HBO Max with the, it's video too with it. There's no, no like audio only. So there's not like, you can't just have it in the background type of thing. You kind of have the have the video playing and it has to be downloaded or so because I don't think HBO Max is able to stream just off your data. I think it has to either be connected to Wi-Fi or downloaded. So for you to be able to listen to it uh, during a commute, you kind of have to download it from HBO Max. That's kind of like the biggest drawback. And will it play in the background? It won't play in the background. Yeah, because it's considered yeah. it's it's like trying to play an HBO Max movie in the background of your phone. You know, so like that's so annoying, man. It's it's. I'm just like this was not the this is not the <laughs> the place for you to put this podcast HBO Max. Like it sounds cool on paper, but then I'm like, this is just not convenient for anybody. They should just release it with ads, man. Yeah. On 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 podcasts on on whatever. Yeah, on Spotify and whatever the fuck else, yeah, 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 because it just it didn't work. There's there's ads in uh, Batman Unburied, <laughs> like every now and then, like the the action gets interrupted by Cheetos. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what radio show, superhero show would wouldn't be complete without ads, right? Yeah, that's true. Like those, we have ads. those old ass <laughs> ads on the fucking <laughs> old uh, radio serials, man. Yeah, they, and they actually make fun of that a little bit in uh, the Batman Audio Adventures too. Where like they That's have cool. their own ads of stuff in Gotham, but it's like you know things are kind of fucked up there because it's Gotham City. So they they play around with ads. It's just like you know some of the gags get old after a while, but you know it is it is still fun. It's still uh, so solid characterizations of the different cast. So you know what it's it's worth listening to. Check it out, guys. I I'll tell do you not like, but check it out. I tell you what though, man. Like I, I feel like maybe some of that's from from it being maybe more comedic. There's something about comedy where, like, the first time you watch a new comedy with maybe a different style than what you've seen before, mm-hmm. like, you won't like it. But then you watch it again because your parent, your 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 friends want you to watch it or whatever, and then you find it hilarious. So, like, it totally clicks. 
I remember the yeah. first time I saw South Park when I was a kid, I didn't like it. And then I saw it again because my brother was in love with it. And then I fucking loved it. And Beavis and Butthead, same thing when I was a kid. Like my knee jerk reaction was I did not like it. And then, then I loved it. Another slightly more recent example was Zoolander. I did not like it at all the first time I saw it. And the second time I saw it, I thought it was fucking great. Like I had a complete 180 with Zoolander. This happened. Oh, Portlandia. I don't know if you've seen that one, yeah, but I've that's seen, a, I've seen a couple episodes of it. Yeah, yeah. Like that, I hated it first. And then it like it just clicked again in my head. I need to just fucking give comedies like <laughs> another a, shot. Two shots at least. Remember, yeah. I remember you said you didn't know what you thought of Harley Quinn at first. Yeah, yeah, I know. I that that definitely was like the first few episodes. Was like, yeah, I, I don't know, and then I don't know when it clicked. And to be fair, I, I think the series takes a while to hit its stride too. Like when I uh -huh. revisit the early episodes, I'm like, oh yeah, they had to set up a lot. You know, you don't have yeah. King Shark and Clayface and everybody in the first episode. <laughs> I've an you know, Yeah, like, like the all the characters the you love about it, they're not in. They're not in the very beginning. So I'm just like, okay, like you definitely have to it in for the long haul for a little bit but it's worth it in the end so Dude. yeah i mean I, I think it's i think you're right i think this is this thing where like, i wasn't really into the comedy and here i'm just like i laughed a lot more the second time i listened to this oh show. yeah you did there's uh, it's something something about it man your brain's got to kind of got to you kind of kind of figure it out subconsciously and then you watch it again and you're like oh yeah it's fucking hilarious yeah so yeah i, I think and some of the stuff I liked more the second time around had nothing to do with the comedy so much as just like, oh, like, you know what? This is a legit, like, the, the penguin in this is one of the highlights. And so oh, it's nice. Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Oh, and, nice. I, I That's a good pick. And he's pictured here with uh, playing the Danny DeVito version of the penguin in uh, a skit that they did where they're trying to get Michael Keaton to be Batman again. Uh, but I was I listened to this. I'm like, you know what? And this is nothing against Colin Farrell, but I would have loved to have seen Moynihan as as penguin <laughs> after listening to this he is great he's like a nice mix of both devito and burgess meredith like you've got the you know two of the most iconic penguins in that so nice like, if they're going to do another reboot post feral <laughs> that's the way to go because it's it's clearly a very different penguin than what feral doing so that wouldn't step on his toes at all you know feral's doing the mafioso penguin he's doing a little bit more traditional i think feral's guts in the bag for a while though <laughs> yeah he does yeah you know he's yeah. just kind of the you know one of the best things about the the new one definitely yeah and then i came around to the joker and this it's brent spiner oh nice data himself yeah yeah and i wonder how much of the casting was just like well he had to wear whiteface for a lot <laughs> let's see how he does this ra it's radio thing. though man like <laughs> I, know, I don't know I if know. it's that i know but it is kind of funny he was previously the joker in young justice and uh, he's a joke before that that fans called him the worst Joker ever from that because the Joker in Young Justice is just not it's just not great and either how it's written and the way he plays it is okay but here it's like it's a completely different performance from his Young Justice Joker it's differently written and I think it's the second time I realize how unique their take is on the Joker so it's almost like it's a Joker who sort of takes advantage a little more of the fact that he on the outside looks like a clown Right. and is sort of a little bit more unassuming so he's like pretending to be somewhat like absent-minded and a little bit more whimsical but there's still like a thread of the danger mm -hmm. um, it's it's like a it's basically like a, a demon pretending to uh to be 
not just human, but like an absent-minded, innocent human, but like trying too hard in a way. It's 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 a really interesting take, a lot more interesting than a lot of the recent Jokers, honestly. Um, when I really listen to it, I'm just like, this is this this is a, a legit take on it. So uh, that's those are kind of the two villain highlights. Uh, you got Jeffrey Wright as Batman before he was shown as Gordon in the Batman, and he's kind of a he's a great Adam West esque type Batman who's just like uber competent and stuff. So. Uh, I would just, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend Batman the Audio Adventures as well uh, on this. So we're we're lucky to have uh, all these. So given all that, I thought we might as well jump into some hidden gem audio dramas that aren't Batman wow. Unburied or the Audio Adventures. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about Japanese to English translation. In this first season, it will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general. Japanese cultural differences as well and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly aka EGM so stay tuned for that so please be on the lookout for Gaming Gaiden podcast coming soon Ellen in 15 seconds what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast where two guys delve into the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, and the impact it's had on pop culture. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The, the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. or. But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's, read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the HyperX Podcast Network. What's that? majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with a sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165 hertz refresh rate. Set sail for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your display armada. If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy Holidays from HyperX. Lord Swizzlington says you're wonderful. <laughs> uh, the anniversary of Batman Forever is coming up, so let's go into the audio drama of Batman Forever, because there was an audio drama 
of it. Uh, so to set the stage for it, and let us know in the comments <laughs> if you actually know this one. Uh, uh, but basically, it started out with a group of tapes that had nothing to do uh, with the movie yet. Uh, it was still Batman. It was just called Batman, Two-Face, and Riddler. And on one side of the tape was Two-Face's origin, dramatized. And the other side was the Riddler's origin, dramatized. The Two-Face one was based off of the Batman annual number 14, Eye of the Beholder, the one that was like, you know, that Jeff Loeb remade for the long Halloween that we talked about. And the Riddler one was Questions Multiply the Mystery, which is the one of the Riddler origins we covered here. So I love that name. So uh, yeah, no, it's a great it's a great title. That's a great title, them. man. So, um, they the cast uh, is don't really have any actors that I think most people would be familiar with, but I'll read it off anyway. Uh, Bob Stolfi was Batman, and he kind of had the opposite approach to what you hear these days. He, his Batman sounded like an actual like someone's voice like it does not sound like he's trying to do the growl this is pre-christian bale and stuff so um he's not he's not kevin conroy but uh he i did like his voice for this we got jim sorry Soriero as robin and he would end up playing robin a lot in this we'll have, we'll go over some other audio dramas where he's robin uh everett quinton as the riddler which is cool um you'll hear him in a bit David Bryant is Two-Face. We'll talk about him in a bit. Peter Waldron is Alfred. Larry Keith is Jim Gordon. And Don Peoples as Boss Maroney. But one of the aspects I really love is the music. So I'm going to play a short clip of the music right here. And that's the intro. That's cool. So... I really like that. Uh, basically, each episode is Robin in the back computer sort of recounting to us the origin of each villain and stuff. So uh, that's kind of the taste of it. On So the Two-Face one, uh, we got David Bryant as Two-Face. And if you were looking for, you know, in contrast to uh, Tommy Lee Jones, a more subtle, more down-to-earth, less over-the-top approach to Two-Face, this is not it. This is basically in the same <laughs> realm as Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know if he had seen a previous screening of the of the movie, or maybe the trailers really had thought like, okay, they want me to be like Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face or whatever, but that's what we got. So we have a clip where you feel a little bit of it uh, here, but this is part of the Two-Face origin. We are no longer Harvey Dent. We are Two-Face. One half was good. We should turn ourselves in. Go home. See the wife. Apologize to Batman. But the other was evil. No, no, burn the house, forget the wife, and most of all, destroy Batman. So, mm -hmm. the conflicting sides of uh, Two Face here. But uh, we then was had... Two Face ever like that, even in, in Golden Age or whatever, or Silver Age, whenever he appeared? Ever like what? Like kind of over the top and. Um. God. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, I think that's just kind of how all the villains were written at the time. It's just all like that, huh? <laughs> I think yeah. everybody was written like that, and then like it, there was more nuance added once you start getting to the 70s and 80s. So okay. it wasn't really like that in the 70s and 80s, but you know, they're kind of going off the, the 66 show, I think, in some ways still, around uh, 95 or so. You still kind of have the ghost of Adam West and, and Dozier on all the stuff. Okay. So, uh, that was David Bryant's uh, two face. And then we got Everett Quinton's Riddler, uh, who has a, a good voice for the Riddler on this. I'll play this. But this is one of the scenes from Questions Multiply the Mystery where Riddler and Batman meet for the first time. 
How do you like that, coppers? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you supposed to be? What? What are you dressed up to be? The question mark? The quiz master? Well, that's a stupid question coming from a guy wearing... I just realized Batman has a city accent. <laughs> but if you must know, I'm the Riddler. Sorry, I'm not taking questions. Ooh, a karate blow from Batman sent the Riddler sprawling. But as the Dark Knight closed in to finish the fight, the Riddler lit another stick of dynamite. Riddle me this, Batman. If a plane crashes on the border between the United States and Mexico, where do you bury the survivors? You don't bury the survivors. But they will bury you, if they can find all the pieces. <laughs> Catch! As the dynamite exploded, Batman leaped off the roof, falling through the air. As he fell to the ground, Batman tossed a batarang with a rope attached that snagged onto a nearby flagpole and swung to safety, his black cape swirling behind him. That laugh. Along, fat freak. <laughs> the Riddler got away. Sneaking back to his hideout, the quiz-making criminal swore that he'd get his revenge on the Dark Knight. So, uh, what you hear there as well are the sound effects that, you know, they tried to get you to, to buy the audio. So they would say that they were 3D sound effects, which if you think about it, doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, <laughs> only in the sense if it was like 5.1 surround or some shit. Yeah, you know I don't think I mean? that's what they were thinking at that's the time. Not, that's not a thing <laughs> for audio books. Yeah. It'd be cool if to see, I mean, I could see a big like the Spotify one, like one with like an actual budget mm -hmm. do that. But I don't think they've ever really done that before though. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, they add the sound effects there and uh, they decided, Hey, why don't we gather this cast for a third audio drama, which would be an adaptation of Batman forever. So that's why I've got, uh, I basically introduced the cast through this. Uh, and I did not even know about this. I only had the tapes of the Two-Face and Riddler stuff. I didn't know that there was uh, a tape with the same cast uh, for Batman Forever until I discovered it on YouTube. So it's the same cast, the same music that I played for you. And the previous audios are kind of loose prequels, you could say. I mean, obviously, this Riddler one is doesn't quite fit in continuity because Riddler has a different origin in Batman Forever. But the Two-Face one, you could say, is, is set right beforehand on stuff. So... Uh, they added Jennifer Van Dyke as Chase Meridian. Jay Gregory is the narrator. So we don't have Robin narrating this time. And mm. uh, Don Peoples goes from playing Boss Maroney to Dr. Burton in the beginning. And I suspect this is a, an adaptation of the Batman Forever Junior novelization. Um, so it's a possibility. But one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is that uh, the audio drama here contains deleted scenes from the movie and even deleted lines that oh, aren't nice. ones that are officially released on the DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, there's no giant bat deleted scene in the cave, unfortunately, in this audio version, which kind of makes sense if you think about it, because like that's for audio, it just have to be all the narrator. Uh, and stuff, right. Unless you have Bruce being like, there's a bat coming towards me. Like it just wouldn't have the same effect. That's a very visual scene. But for the most part, this audio drama is the only surviving official dramatization of some of those scenes in the Schumacher cut. Okay. So, uh, let's dive into just like every version of Batman Forever, except for the final cut of the film, it opens with Arkham Asylum. Uh, so it has a very dark opening considering what, uh, you know, there's a kid's thing. So let's put mm -hmm. a bit of it. On the outskirts of Gotham City lies a dark, ominous building known as Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Arkham Asylum is home to Gotham City's worst villains. Mad Men, too evil and too psychotic to mix with ordinary criminals. 
most of them were captured by Gotham's Dark Knight, the Batman. All of them are in the for Batman. life. Yes. All of them are out for revenge. Revenge against Batman. They're out for blood. So I'm trying to imagine a kid who's like seen the movie or hasn't seen the movie yet and he pops us in. This intro pops in. You know, the parents are like, what the, the fuck you know. we got seeing, boy? <laughs> it's like all these lunatics in an asylum out for blood. That's not how this movie opens. Oh, yeah. What are we listening to, boy? <laughs> That's like um, everybody my age that went to see Ninja Turtles 1 in the theater and Raphael randomly says, damn. And <laughs> it was just like not what anybody expected. I mean, people that read the comics, maybe, but that was like point zero 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 one percent of the population. Jeez, yeah, I can only imagine. The parents are just like, wait a minute. Dude, Raphael says damn in the major movie coming out. Like, it was kind of like, it seems tame now, but I mean, mm -hmm. God, it was really Back like, 90. Yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Jeez. So uh, this is kind of the intro when they do do the Two-Face escape sequence. So I'll play a little bit of that there. Uh, security, open the door. Machinery rumbled as the door slipped back, revealing a tiny cell. <laughs> In a chair in the center of the room sat a man with his back to the door. Dr. Burton was relieved to see that he was wearing his straitjacket. Uh, Two-Face, oh, I mean, Mr. Dent? But the figure didn't answer. Mr. Dent, uh, Harvey? Still, the man in the chair didn't answer. As Dr. Burton nervously entered the room and touched the figure, it suddenly whipped around to reveal an orderly, gagged and bound to the chair with strips of bedsheets. Dr. Burton shivered in terror. Two-Face had escaped. So, notice they don't talk about the, the blood message that says the bat must right. die for that. So, right. they, they might open an Arkham with a bunch of, you know, psychopaths being described, but they draw the line at the bat must die part on that. So, that's not in here. But I do like how, like, the, the atmosphere of the... The, the sound of the music in this it starts right. it's a very dark uh, macabre type feel in the opening here so i do like that uh, you grew next, up with these you had these when you were a kid i didn't have this one okay uh i i had the, the two-face and riddler one beforehand okay but this one i discovered on youtube and then i listened okay. to it i was like holy shit there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff in here because of how much is in here that's not in the movie and was okay. in the script and that we haven't seen in the deleted scenes. So uh, one of those deleted scenes was Edward Nigma preparing for Bruce Wayne's visit and fantasizing about befriending Bruce Wayne. This is not in any release deleted scene. The closest we got was this clip from the YouTube music video of him preparing for Bruce's arrival. But uh, we so here's the first scene that we haven't seen in any other form other than Everett Quinton doing uh, Riddler's lines here. Bruce is sure to appreciate my talents. We'll probably dine at Wayne Manor together. Bruce, <laughs> could you pass the gravy boat? Oops, I forgot. We have people to do that, don't we? <laughs> so, just a little bit in there. So it's interesting to me how, like, this little bit, bits of dialogue and stuff, they clearly had access to the original script and stuff. Um, maybe not a cut of the movie, but at least the script in order to come up with the script for this audio and the stuff. So that carries over. The original introduction of, of Two-Face is uh, also pretty much staying true to the one that's in the script where Two-Face uh, is intimidating the bank guard, but he also beats on one of his own thugs, which is not in the final film. <laughs> so, okay. You uh, must beat him with <laughs> the scarred side because as we can see here, the ugly side of Two-Face in this concept art is way bigger 
than the uh, the good side. On is that. this by Peter David? Uh, if it's from the novelization, it would have been the junior one. I don't think it's from the, the Peter David one. Okay, so the junior okay. one was written by Alan Grant, I think. And so it, this is this is such a big production because they're just like, we're going to have a kid's novelization, novelization, an adult novelization, and then an audiobook of each novelization. <laughs> so, wow. They were going crazy with that back then. Yeah, huh? yeah. So like you could find all sorts of alternate ways to experience this movie. Not Man, to mention I, like comic book adaptations and that type of stuff. I listened to, <laughs> I listened to a Venom audio book when I was I went through this like crazy Venom phase a few months ago, maybe last year after I saw Venom too. <laughs> but I read the Donny Cates run, which was fucking awesome. So it only exacerbated my problem of loving Venom. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, just like random. It, there, there's a bunch of shit like that on um on uh, audible man yeah i think i've seen it where they and i wish dc did this too but it looks like marvel has turned some of their comics into audio dramas yes there's a there's a few D, uh, dc ones but there's some original ones too like superman dawnbreaker is one and then there's another yeah that's from a batman book. or nightwing one there's a couple but marvel does have more of them yeah, there's uh, there's Nightwalker, which is like the young adult one where Bruce Wayne is young and stuff. Yeah, those are based off of the the young adult novels. Um, mm -hmm. So like uh, those are, I haven't heard the Dawnbreaker one. Uh, I've heard the okay. Nightwalker one. So, uh, but okay. yeah, this I don't think this is available on Audible. I think basically you either had to have had the tape or you're listening to it now on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I think probably Warner Brothers doesn't care about this at the moment, <laughs> but yeah. If they ever yeah. release the Schumacher cut and really want to lean into the nostalgia, <laughs> they can. But I really yeah. doubt that's ever going to happen uh, in terms of them releasing this. So let's see. This is the Two-Face intro with David Bryant's Two-Face. As the bat signal floated over the city, below it, on the 22nd floor of the Second Bank of Gotham, Two-Face was hatching his next plot. He and his gang had already kidnapped a bank security guard, and now Two-Face stood over the helpless old man, flipping his infamous silver dollar with one clean side and one side horribly scarred. Counting on Batman to rescue you, old chum. I'll let you in on a secret. So are we. You, are you going to kill me? Hmm. We'll let the coin. Notice how the bank guard is like an old Irish dude instead of the guy in the movie. I got a real noob question again, Ben. What's up? Does Two Face call himself, refer to himself as we in the comics? It depends. It depends on the okay. interpretation. Okay. Uh, it happens in Eye of the Beholder. Okay. He calls himself as we in that. Uh, but it doesn't happen uh, all the time. Yeah. It, re it reminds me of Venom, but I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could see that. We are Venom. Yeah, so. <laughs> we are Two Face. We are Two Face. If they did crossover comics, dude, there's so much they could do with venomizing villains and stuff and heroes. Man, there'd be so many different voices in Harvey's head if the if the symbiote attaches to him too. Be three of them. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, <laughs> honestly, it'd be awesome. Yeah. So let's keep going with this. Decide. Fortune smiles on you, friend. Our coin landed with the clean side up. That means you live. But boss, there's too many witnesses. We should ice them. Uh-oh. Oh, you stinking piece of virus-breeding rat droppings. Did you question our coin? No, boss, never. Good. 
Now, let us prepare for the arrival of our winged foe. I like <laughs> that he refers to his own thug as a virus breeding rat droppings. But I think that's in the actual script. <laughs> so, I think that's, that's Akiva Goldsman to thank on that one. So, oh my God. Uh, remember when we talked about the um, the Batman and Robin draft where you've got Mr. Freeze hanging from the line like Tom Cruise in the first Mission Impossible or uh, Clooney removing Chris O'Donnell's face from him like Mission mm-hmm. Impossible. We're just like Akiva Goldsman was really into Mission Impossible. Yeah. Well, there was a line even in Batman Forever a year before Tom Cruise rebooted Mission Impossible where Two-Face quotes Mission Impossible. Good evening, Mr. Bat. Two-Face's voice came over a hidden speaker. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, <laughs> is simple. Die. <laughs> so that's also in the script. You know uh, how, like, um, you know, we're going over a lot of, like, 90s and 80s properties now, 30 years after the fact? Mm-hmm. You know, 30 years before and the 90s was the 60s. So I, I can see why, you know, they were Mission Impossible was rebooted then and it was yeah, on people's minds. Shows. Yeah. People that were kids in the 60s were in charge in the 90s. I think that's yeah, why so we got done. Reference it. Yeah. Yeah. We got Adam's family and, um, Oh my God, dude! All that Nick and Knight shit had movies. Uh, uh, what's that? The country people. Uh, fucking Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies. Uh, yeah, the Flintstones. The Brady Bunch, dude. Yeah. Think about it. The '60s had kind of a revival in the theater. Yeah. In the You're '90s. Right. Yeah. Even bringing James Bond back in a way, you know, because he was. Yeah. The franchise was dead for a while. Then Pierce Brosnan comes back in. You know, Bond arrived in cinemas in the '60s, so makes sense. That yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, we grew up in the biggest Star Wars and James Bond um, paucity. Um, and that's true. Absolute dearth of those two <laughs> franchises. And I guess Batman 2, you know, like between Batman and Robin and, and Begins. And now it's just been like, you know, we got Robert Panson. Now we got Winston Duke. And then we're going to get Keanu Reeves. And then, you know, Michael Keaton's coming back. All this type of stuff. Oh, yeah. So much, dude. So much. It's because we're in power now. Yes. The nerds. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. other Two Face dialogue that's in the script but not in the movie, but in this audio drama is Two Face kind of having this dialogue about life and death uh, before he kills the Graysons. Always the same old question: life or death? So, of course, he <laughs> kills them after that. But as I said, like the guy's pretty much channeling uh, a Tommy Lee Jones type Two Face. He's not really channeling Richard Mole from the uh, from the animated series. So after that, we have this deleted scene of Dick Grayson training and Bruce trying to confide in him. Uh, I would say the audio drama is actually closer to what's in the script than what was that was actually shot on this. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's uh, let's listen in. When all the mourners had left, Bruce found him working out in the elaborate gymnasium. Dick stood in front of a boxer's heavy bag, punching out his frustrations. Two Face. He murdered my parents. Ugh. I'm going to kill him. Killing him won't take the pain away. It'll make it worse. Spare me the sermons. I don't need your advice. But you need someone. You're alone now. I know what that's like. No offense, but I don't think there's anything you can teach me. Suddenly, dropping his fake billionaire playboy act, Bruce turned to the heavy bag and delivered three lightning-fast karate kicks that tore the bag in half. (laughs) So it was a bag, not a sure. yeah. Maki Wada. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that makes more sense for the scene, especially the way that Chris O'Donnell was working that thing. It's just like he does not know how to work that. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah that's it, true. That's, the best true, I, I've I've said this before, but I think the best Makiwara scene I've seen. I'm sure there's better ones in Chinese cinema, but um, is in a movie called The Big Hit, which is directed by um, John Woo, who has Mark Wahlberg in it. It's it's one of the best hidden gems of the '90s. It's silly as hell, but there there's like the training scene. It's kind of a montage, but I remember like the Makiwara work in that was awesome. I gotta check it out. I had yeah. a John Woo phase growing up too. Where I'm just oh, like, dude. I gotta check out all the stuff. You seen the big hit? I've not seen that, so I need to check that out. Oh, dude, it is so. I mean, it's a, it's a silly, zany '90s comedy. But man, it, I've rewatched it several times since then, and it, it holds up. It's it's dumb, but it's great. It's so good. I'll check it out. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, then we also have this cut dialogue where the Riddler meets Two Face and hooks him up to the box, and Two Face sort of reveals in the script and in this audio drama, um, he's how Riddler was able to locate him and stuff, which makes sense because it's not really described in the movie. So here's that scene. I see how you found us. You correlated all dualities in the city. Orders of half and half pizza, wine splits, two-tone clothing, cross-referenced addresses with multiples of two, leading you... Here, to you. And all thanks to my little brainwave device. <laughs> we like it. We want more. And more you shall have, my bifurcated friend. But only if we work as a pair. We already are a pair. A threesome, then. <laughs> so Riddler wants a threesome with Two-Face. I like that line, man. That's good. That's good. <laughs> we already are a pair. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 great. And this, I'm just like, this is not in the movie right. at all. <laughs> so uh, also what's kind of cool is that there's some of their own Easter eggs as well in the audio so i'm going to play this bit about the crime spree between two-face and uh, with two-face and riddler basically creating all these crimes around gotham so that's all you get for this week that was our episode released from the patreon vault we hope you enjoyed it and if you want to hear the full episode please go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and this, the rest of this episode and a bunch more is there. It's at the $5 tier. So please check that out. And we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you later. Thanks again. Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network.